Hi, I'm Nicole Mijewell. And I'm Gretchen Smart Hall. And welcome, welcome to Candid Collab. That's short for Candid Collaboration. Because we've been accused at times of having no filter, Nicole more so than me. <laughs> so candid it is. It's wearing off on me and onto you. <laughs> welcome to episode three, Beyond an Epic First Day. We can't wait to connect with other educators on hot topics and real experiences in education. We are so grateful for our listeners. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. So make sure to reach out to us on Twitter at Smart Reading Coach and Usual Nicole. Welcome to Genuine Gabs. Today we are interviewing Scott Foster, who is the district administrator for Northland Pine School District. Welcome, Scott. Thank you for yes, thank you. being here with us today. We appreciate you taking the time here at the beginning of the school year, too. So absolutely. thank you. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right, here we go. You're, you've got the first question. Okay. Scott, can you give us a little bit of background information about yourself and your educational career, please? Yeah, um, I'm a tech ed teacher is my trade as a teacher. Um, he was and, a great tech ed teacher. Yeah, yes. I had great students as well. Uh, <laughs> I was not a student. <laughs> Um, I taught in Eau Claire School District for four years, middle school, and I would say one of the keys to that is having a fantastic mentor. So it stuck with me as kind of part of our craft is to have that next person take uh, kind of support new people. And I had a great mentor and never thought I was going to leave. And then things happen with a family and you end up moving to Northland Pines or Eagle River area and it was a great move for family reasons first, which is important. And uh, taught high school for six years at Northland Pines. Uh, was a great place to teach, uh, raise my family, also build my leadership skills, and then to, uh, had the opportunity to go into administration. Having some experience in both curriculum work um, as an LVEC, which is a term, another term some people may know or not know, and then also as a union president, um, kind of did my some leadership opportunities and just said there's another way to make a difference in students' lives, and that was through being a leader, whether uh, my first job was tech ed or technology director and curriculum instruction, and then moved my way into my ultimate goal and dream of being a principal. Um, but uh, it's been a great journey leading to where I sit today as a district administrator, um, never shooting for any of those positions, but just allowing the journey and opportunities that knocked and have that take place. And having been a principal at all three levels, which some people always kind of question being an elementary principal with only middle school and high school background, um, but always felt like you can be a strong educational leader no matter what level. And also starting two charter schools along the way has also mm -hmm. been a, a real highlight of the time uh, been a principal. So Yeah, you've been busy leadership-wise, so I think this role fits you quite well <laughs> at this point. So tell us about your first year as a district administrator. What's a celebration and possibly a challenge? Um, celebrations, um, there were many along the way. I think a lot of people would stop and say, well, how, you know, um, not with going into much, you know, the transition wasn't maybe as gone as planned, but also then um, seeing, you know, 10 snow days. Um, we had some tragedy during the school year. But in all those cases, what it really reminded me is that I get to come to work every day in a great community with a great staff and students because through all those things, we rallied and we found ways to be better. Um, so the celebrations were, um, we just proved over and over again that strong um, collaboration and also caring for one another, we can overcome things. And that also um, helps our students in day-to-day. -day. Um, probably the challenges, probably the day-to-day -day operations, making some of those decisions that impact people's lives where 
you got to do it in what's best interest of all, but um, has some negative impacts maybe on people and their families. But mm. um, knew that going into the job, uh, but fortunate to still get to see all the great parts of the district and be part of it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, we know that Pines recently revised the mission statement. Our new mission statement is the Northland Pines community guarantees rigor, relevance, and relationships to prepare all learners for life. Can you tell us the process of creating the mission statement and the importance of the words that we used in that statement? Yeah, um, this was actually kind of on the agenda. Uh, anytime you have a leadership change, whether it's building or district level, you kind of want to see where things are at, um, you know, in our case, we had had the same mission for almost 14 years. I was part of the committee that did it originally, so I knew how long and what process we used back then. But just felt like ours had really become either wall art or in somebody's cabinet. Um, I think we had some things that people would say about us, but it wasn't truly our mission. Um, so decided it was time. And also as part of the whole continuous improvement process. Some may call it a strategic plan. Um, we chose to call it a continuous improvement uh, so we stepped back and said, first things, we need to figure out our mission and get input. So last school year, I actually met with multiple groups of students. I ate lunch with them, just kind of picking their brains about what makes Northland Pines what it is, what they would like to see it be. Then we surveyed all of our staff, including every level of employee had the opportunity, not all take part, but everyone had the opportunity, um, surveyed the community and parents and uh, would have loved to see more input on those surveys but it was it gave us some direction uh, we are looking as a district maybe of how to get more engagement in the future from that information but i think gave us enough information we needed so we kind of we we did through all that um, invited any staff voluntarily that wanted to take part in writing the new mission and purposely set up an activity um, through the first day of kind of narrowing it down, we went through some steps and process, which a lot of people are familiar with, um, between post-its and marker boards and <laughs> conversations, but purposely made it over two days because I think you need time to walk away from it. Mm -hmm. You just leave it, digest, sit, and then came back um, for a second day and kind of worked through it again. And the words were real critical, and it was funny because the words we picked, one of the main ones is community, which was loud and clear, and I think it's a strength of we are, so we wanted to mm -hmm. showcase that. Um, the other word that really we struggled with at first, but and struggle is the right word, but really honed in on was the word guarantee. Mm -hmm. The group that worked on the mission kind of went back and forth if that was the right word, and we decided it was. And then when our board read it for the very first time and wanted to, we asked for their approval, um, that was the word they picked out right away too is, boy, that sends a message. Like, mm -hmm. we're not going to leave any kids behind. Right. We're, if we have 1,300 kids, it's 1,300 kids that we're going to take care of. Um, and then the other pieces, the rigor, relevance, and relationships were something we had talked about in all the different missions, so it just felt right in there. And then life. Um, Northland Pines takes a lot of pride in having kids ready at graduation, not only to be hopefully successful academically, but in the world of work and be good citizens. And the word life just seemed to kind of encompass all that. So it really fit to all of our what we wanted and eventually kind of wordsmithed it to where we're at today. It's a great mission statement. It is definitely something to be proud of. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that you took the extra time to make sure that all stakeholders were also involved. Uh, so um, what is your back-to-school message for educators? Um, we need each other. Uh, it's a, I, I get hung up on the word opportunity. Uh, I see every even challenges as an opportunity to be better. And the start of a school year is to take everything um, that we learned over the summer, 
what we reflected on from the past year and take that and say, what do I have those smiling faces or some that maybe I was down watching some 4Ks leave their moms the first days. There were some tears on both parts. um, But those are all opportunities. And really, I think the other big message this year is collaboration. We can't do this alone. This job has become too tough. And whether it's from the custodians and the food service, the bus drivers, the teachers, uh, principals, it's all become very challenging job to do it at a high level. And I think that's also a thing that at our district I take some pride in is people expect to do it at a high level, so that puts extra pressure on themselves. Um, so we need each other. And if we're going to get through the challenges we had last year, which I don't think, I hope we don't have some at the level we did, but I also know in reality I've been in, been in this field long enough to know you're going to have challenges, so we need right. each other. And uh, we've always been there for each other, I think, and we need to continue to do that. So that's what I'm looking forward to this year is taking advantage of the new opportunities we've created for ourselves and our students, but then also be there for each other through the good times and the tough times. Yeah, great advice. I agree. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So the beginning of the school year is an exciting time. Why do you think it's so important to continue to carry that energy throughout the year? Because uh, we're in, everybody needs it at a different time. So sometimes a student comes in and maybe they got some bad news. Um, We know students lose grandparents and there's stressors, jobs and different things. And we need to be there for them. So if they're going to continue to be academic learners, we have to take care of them through the heart first. Mm -hmm. So we need that um, for our students first. And then we need it for each other. Uh, We need to work together to support each other through our own tough times um, teachers are human beings, principals are human beings, um, guidance counselor, you name it, they all have their challenges outside of school as well. So you need that energy to keep doing it at a high level. Um, I like the word inspiration. I think we can move kids and each other through inspiration um, versus trying to force them or dictate things. So if we can inspire those kids, they're more motivated to do what we want them to do. And um, I always say if we can make the school day the best eight hours of a kid's life, that's really, we've kind of done our job if they leave with that excitement. I really like that you keep bringing it back to staff and students. And take, I like that. taking care of the heart first. Yes. That was awesome. Yeah. So we know Northland Pines has a positive culture, such a good, strong, positive culture between staff and students. What advice would you give to other educators on creating such a positive school and district culture? I, I do think you have to take care of the big things. So, you know, um, celebrations, um, you know, being there through the tough times. And those are important. As a principal, I wasn't always great at having the bowling party or meeting for after work and those things, but I know they're important. As a district, we still do our Christmas party. We try to throw in little fun incentives throughout the year. And those are all important. But I also know that what's probably even more important is the daily interactions, the little things, like noticing when somebody needs a little hey, do you need a break? Or just recognizing a good job at those small moments when you don't think anybody's looking. Um, It's the small things. It's the daily conversation. People and kids, uh, staff and kids are really smart. They read people real fast, and they know whether somebody cares about them. Um, Just through the simple words, um, very strategic vocabulary, not trying to manipulate anything, but just speaking from the heart. People can tell whether you're faking it or not. And I've seen um, leaders who are really good at thinking they're building a culture through all the fun stuff, you know, this event and this event and this rah-rah. And if you don't take care of the little things, none of that really matters. So I prefer to worry about the little things. Still do those other items. They're important. Mm -hmm. Uh, They build community. But um, it's those little everyday interactions. Seeing kids and celebrating the small moments are really important with staff and kids. Yeah. Well, thank you. Anything else that you want to add? 
No, I've enjoyed the uh, podcast previously. So um, thanks. Uh, it's fun to see people who are inspired, uh, trying to become next leaders. Um, currently, our leaders in our district, um, the titles kind of can come and go. They're not as important. Now, officially, there are some, but um, leadership is not a defined term. And uh, appreciate the leadership there. And this is uh, setting an example for others. And I'm um, looking forward to where the journey takes you to as well. Well, thanks, right. Scott. Yeah. Well, thank you thank so you. much. And here's to a great year. Yes. And up next, the book. <laughs> Today we are featuring Kids Deserve It, Pushing Boundaries and Challenging Conventional Thinking by Todd Nesloni, a.k.a. Tech Ninja Todd, and Adam Welcome. I'm still stuck on the whole book bubble. <laughs> All right, so Nicole, you're up. Why don't you give us a synopsis of the text? All right, well, first of all, this was a really great book. The more I looked back at it, the more I'm like, there's so much to this book that I oh, could use. Love it. Um, so Kids Deserve It, Pushing Boundaries and Challenging Conventional Thinking is such a great read for educators before the start of a new year. It definitely pumps you up and reminds you why you started teaching in the first place. Todd Nesloni, a.k.a. Tech Ninja Todd, and Adam Welcome encourage you to think big, give students a voice, do the little things, and surround yourself with positivity and support. Be prepared to be energized when reading this because it's phenomenal. Without a doubt. Yeah. All right, so Gretchen, in the book, the authors talk a lot about support groups and leaving your problems in the car, not the classroom. Why do educators find it so hard to separate their lives, and why is it so important to have a support group to lean on? Well, first of all, I really love the chapter about leave it in your car. You know, we all have stressors outside of work, um, and we've all had those days. And there are just times when you have to go big or go home. Well, not go home. Yeah. yeah not an option. Who wants to do sub plans? Um, <laughs> you know, it was just such an aha for me. Just take a deep breath. Leave the problem in the car and focus on the positive. Um, I love that Adam and Todd suggested to check out Twitter. Um, hashtag kids deserve it for a dose of motivation on those rough mornings. I also really liked how Todd talks about dealing with doubt. Even as someone who has been in education for a period of time, I still find myself with an occasional lurking doubt. I love how he says, surround yourself with others who remind you that you matter um, and that your work matters and that you're making a difference. Connect with others who will lift you up, who will help you celebrate every single success because even the smallest successes are worth celebrating. Aw, thanks for helping me celebrate our successes. Well, thanks for having successes with me. (laughs) Was there a specific passage that left an impression? If so, share that passage and its effect. Well, this question is really hard to choose from. I really could quote most of the book. Kids Deserve It should be a rite of passage for educators, just like Harry Wong. Oh, I remember that book. Yeah, Yeah, I think I dated myself. No, I, I remember that one. Anyway, I loved this quote. People don't instigate great change or significantly impact others' lives by choosing a familiar path. If you want to be remembered, choose to be different and be remembered for the impact your choice makes on your students. You know, this is so deep and 
to me, it's so much more than just being remembered. It's about making a difference and really having a high impact, um, thriving outside of your comfort zone and encouraging those students to be different and to be innovative. I love that. I love that. It's like the dancing guy on the side of the mountain. Have you ever seen that YouTube video? Yes, I have at the music festival. Starting a movement. Mm-hmm. He's yep. making a difference. Yep. So, I am smitten with a list of seven practices that will make you a better leader. Which of these practices have you made it a point to try? And which one of them do you want to try in the future? Oh, this was really tough because all seven practices I think you can always improve on whether you're doing them or not. Um, I like to think that I'm, I guess I like to think I'm pretty good at owning up to my failures. I like to make it a point to own up in front of the students. I wouldn't necessarily call it failures. It shows that I make mistakes and learn from them uh, just as I hope they would. I think the one practice I could work on though is asking for help, like literally asking for help. Uh, I have no problem stating when I'm stuck or asking someone what they did for a lesson. It's kind of my way of beating around the bush. but. It's hard for me to say, I need help. I mean, I've often said to you, you're really good at this. What did you do? And that's kind of my way of saying I need help. Good to know. Um, You know, for me, I think I would like to think that I'm a lifelong learner. Um, I love to learn new things. Um, I'd also like to think that I base my decisions on what's best for kids. Uh, Moving forward, though... Um, If I'm talking about things that I want to get better at in the future, um, I'd like to focus on maybe being more of a vulnerable leader, owning up to those failures and being willing to learn from others and asking for help too. So maybe that will be our code. Maybe. Like, hey, (laughs) help me out. Uh, We just have to start saying it. Okay, I think we can do that. Okay, so kind of going off of that a little bit here, there was a certain part in the book, and it was the I wish you knew part. What moment out of there really stuck with you, and how does this make you a better educator? I did appreciate this chapter. Everyone at some point wished they were better understood. Um, I've always done an I wish you knew um, with parents in a form of a back to school survey. It just gives me some insight about what their parents are thinking um, about my students and and how I can better understand them. Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought to do this with kids. So simple, yet so brilliant. It is definitely on my list for this year. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. You're so excited about I it. I am excited. I I do agree with you, though. This chapter really hit home for me. Our students can really bottle things up. How often do we not realize there is something significant going on in their lives and they are dealing with it as like an internal battle? Several of the points focus on how kids say the classroom is their safe place and the teacher is there for them. I think we have to take a step back and remember that for some of these kids, we are their family. I know I have really taken a step back this year and started asking the questions of, you know, what's going on? Or I'm here for you. You can talk to me. Kids need to know that they can trust you and not have you berate them all the time when they're off. Kids are off. It's what kids do. Um, We need to pull them aside, ask them to maybe join you for lunch. If I ever have a student that's feeling a little off, I'll, and they won't tell me why, 
I'll ask them like, hey, do you want to have lunch with me today? And usually that's when they start to feel relaxed, safe, and loved, and they'll start opening up a bit more and I can find out what's going on. I think that that's a great idea. I really agree. It always comes down to that relationship relationship piece, you know, doing things to show that we care and how are we going to build up our kiddos? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Yep. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Do check out this book. Uh, Kids deserve it. Pushing boundaries and challenging conventional thinking. It is phenomenal. So good. All right. Welcome to resource roundhouse hashtag edupassion i wish the world could see me do like the hashtag with my fingers like justin timberlake and jimmy fallon yeah go jimmy fallon hashtag all right looking to create an epic first day and beyond um i love that we took the time to build a positive classroom and grade level communities this year in order to cultivate true collective commitment. We really worked hard before the school year started on what we were going to do the first week of school. It definitely was epic. It definitely was. Air high five. Woo! (laughs) All right. So one of the first things that we did this year was called a virtues water activity. And what we ended up doing is our school is adapting Um, I'm sorry, adapting virtues this year. And every two weeks we will have a new virtue such as friendliness, responsibility, tact. And so what we did, and we learned this in a PD, is we took plastic cups and wrote the virtues on those cups. And we filled them with water. And then we had a big vase that we also filled with water. But then we told the kids that for every negative, it was going to taint the water. So we dyed the water. I think we dyed it yellow. Hashtag no yellow. (laughs) And so the kids freaked out seeing this yellow water. And we talked about how the bad and the negative turn it into icky water. And then we had to add the how many ever was it? It was like 40 cups of clear water to finally get it back to a normal color. And then again, it took that one moment where I dropped yellow in it one time and it turned to yellow again. Oh, they were devastated. Devastated. I mean, it was really cool. They got the point of, you know, it takes one bad thing to destroy somebody and 40 positives to build them back up, which was, I thought, a pretty cool activity. I think it was probably 12, but it felt like 40. It was a lot of cups. (laughs) It was, it was a great activity. Um, I think one of the my favorite things to do that first day of school is we do M&M arm wrestling. Once again, I learned this years ago at some professional development. Um, so I break the class into two different teams. Um, and I tell them that they have to arm wrestle. And every time they get their opponent's arm down, they earn one M&M for their team. And how many times can they get their opponent's arm down in a 30-second period? So, usually it's my boys that are totally stoked to do this activity. (laughs) This year, my girls were all about it. So, I try two or three different rounds. They struggle. It's a crazy battle. Usually only earning one or two M&Ms per team. But as they keep going through the rounds, um, usually what ends up happening is I have a couple of teams figure out, hey, wait a minute, we're going about this the wrong way. If we work together, instead of fighting against each other, 
we can be earning lots of M&Ms for both of our teams. Boom. Mic drop. That's right. So, um, it was phenomenal. And we got lots of M&Ms across the board. And I just love it. And they love it, which is even more important. And they get (laughs) M&Ms. And most importantly, they figure out that working together is more important than working against each other and battling it out. Yeah, that's awesome. This year, our fourth grade team tried something a little different. We spent our entire week building community. We did tons of community activities and getting to know each other. And so we ended the week, the Friday, with a pep rally for our fourth graders. We had our school mascot there. Um, All the kids were pumped up. They walked into music being played. We put together a fun slideshow of all the activities from the week. We had taken so many pictures of the kids so they got to see themselves over the course of the week. And we kind of just celebrated them. And I think it was a really good end to the school week. The very first week of school is, you know, here it is, all this stuff we did all week building community. And this one moment, this one hour of looking back on everything, we can see how much our students care for each other, how much their teachers care for them, and how much of a community we became in that one, in that four days. A lot changed, and I think it's all for the better. They were amped up. They were. So one new thing we decided to do this year too, um, I actually got the idea from Twitter. Absolutely love Twitter. Um, Somebody had posted that they were making yard signs for their kids. Um, My class thinks I'm a big deal uh, just to celebrate students in that classroom community. And I just loved it. So I brought it back to the team and we all sort of gathered together and decided, hey, this is what we want to do. Well, <laughs> epic failure because who knew? Yard... I wouldn't call it an epic fail. We still came up with a plan. Well, we, we innovated. We did. Um, because who knew yard sale signs were so expensive? So with our teacher budgets, we decided to modify. And we actually came up with, I think, almost a better idea. Um, by working together and collaborating, <laughs> we came up with the idea of doing window clings for vehicles. So we designed um, this cool sticker that says, my class thinks that I'm a big deal. Um, fourth grade, go Fab Lab. Thanks Fab mm-hmm. Lab for helping us with that. Um, and then once we saw virtues or working together or little successes or major successes through that first week of school we were handing out the window clings left and right and here's the coolest thing is I was driving home the other night from work and guess what I saw did you see one of the window clings I saw one of the window clings so cool so they're all over the community getting out there you know promoting some of the great things that our kiddos are doing Um, They were so excited to get them. Parents were happy. Parents were excited. I think that was a win. That's awesome. Go team. (laughs) Go team. All right. So rolling with our hashtags. Um, Twitter. We're talking about, if we're rolling off of Kids Deserve It, talking about hashtag edupressure and all of that. Um, We have become absolute Twitter 
lovers this year and, and last year, we are tweeting everything. We tweet anything and everything our students are doing and anything we are doing. And we're finding, like, I don't know about you, but I like to start my day with five minutes of scrolling through to see what people did. And I get so much from it. I find great PD. I've learned, you know, if somebody went through a struggle, how did they handle it? And I learned what to do in case I come across that. Really good books to read, videos that make my day. It's just a good way to start my day off. And then I sometimes do it at the end of the night too, because it's Twitter and I can't stop. And it's, it's all for professional. Like my Twitter feed is all professional. There's no negative or poison on it like other social media accounts. I just enjoy using Twitter for the positive and for the personal growth. Wow, one thing that I love um, talking about beyond that epic first day is I love Voxer. Oh yeah. Um, that is something that we use all the time. Um, thank you, Jessica Johnson, for shout out to Jessica. Talk about edu pressure right there. <laughs> Hashtag in you, baby. Um, Voxer is an awesome tool to use in the classroom. It's an app that's a walkie-talkie. So much easier to box each other back and forth instead of taking the time to text. Um, quick check-ins, where are you? We've used it in the past if we have shared students, um, especially case managers, and you need a hand with something. Uh, we've even done it with our run club when we're uh, doing a 5k and making sure that um, people are where they're supposed to be. Voxer is phenomenal. I love the fact too that so much comes across in your voice. Yes. Yeah, because tone of voice in texting can be taken so wrong. People can take it the wrong way. But with Voxer, which we just got our new fourth grade team member on it, and she's getting all of our voxes back and forth. Edge of pressure. But yeah, but with Voxer, like you said, we can communicate. If we're on field trips, you know, where are you at? Are you ready to rotate or whatever it might be? It's definitely great to hear it rather than have to text it all out. Mm-hmm. So how do we keep that energy going after an epic first week? It really comes down to, I think, Back to Kids Deserve It, that relationship piece, doing things to show we care. So, how are we going to build up our kiddos? We Coffee. That too? <laughs> That's how we're going to build up us to help build up our, our kiddos. Maybe a little dark chocolate too. Oh, yeah. Um, but let's roll through the list that we came up with when we were reading the book. Okay. So, making more phone calls. Hats off to you calls. Mm. Riding the bus. I'm going to ride the bus this year. Yeah, otherwise you can get off the bus if you don't want to be a part of it. Can't be around it. I will be on that bus. I'll be next to you. Be your cheerleader for my students. Woo-woo! So, this quote was so true. We have the power to tear down or build up the children who walk into our lives every day. That is so true. So true. So, I pledge to build them up. Mm. Tall. Be aware of the message I am sending with my body language choices and words. My facial expressions, I have, like, I've learned that I have terrible facial expressions and I have to control them. There are always eyes on you. Always. All parent conferences should include a celebration of kids' strengths. Mm-hmm. Always. 
Open doors for kids to see what they are capable of. I love this one. Every kid doesn't know what they're capable of until they try and you push them and you show them they are capable. Believe and empower kids. Don't limit them. We must be in the business of removing um, boundaries for those kids. And talk to kids. Sit on the floor with them. Eat lunch with them. Take the time to listen to them. It really is the little things that matter. So, Technijitad and Adam, welcome. Thank you for our fabulous advice and kids deserve it. We really appreciate it. And listeners, be sure to have an epic year. Continue it all year. Go beyond that first week. Go forth and empower our kids because kids deserve it.